Well, we will start with uh, a poem uh, called Nocturno de San Ildefonso. Uh, it's a poem... Uh, mm, well, I think poetry should have been located. Uh, poetry has a place, and the place uh, of this poem is uh, a old, my old school in Mexico City, uh, a building of the 17th century, uh, where I studied <coughs> when I was an adolescent. It's about Mexico City. It's about cities in general. And when we talk about cities, we talk about history, because modern history is the history of our cities. But also, it's a poem about my own generation in the 30s and the 40s, very different of the generation of Brodsky or Eliot. They are younger. And then it's about also the utopias of our time and the results. <clears throat> the poem is divided in four parts. Inventa la noche en mi ventana, otra noche, otro espacio. Fiesta convulsa en un metro cuadrado de negrura. Momentáneas confederaciones de fuego, nómadas geometrías, números errantes. Del amarillo al verde al rojo, se desovilla la espiral. Ventanas, lámina imantada de llamadas y respuestas, caligrafía de alto voltaje, mentido cielo infierno de la industria sobre la piel cambiante del instante. Signos semillas. La noche los dispara, suben, estallan allá arriba, se precipitan ya quemados en un cono de sombra, reaparecen lumbres divagantes, racimos de sílabas, incendios giratorios, se dispersan otra vez añicos. La ciudad los inventa y los anula. Estoy a la entrada de un túnel. Estas frases perforan el tiempo. Tal vez yo soy ese que espera al final del túnel. Hablo con los ojos cerrados. Alguien ha plantado en mis párpados un bosque de agujas magnéticas. Alguien guía la hilera de estas palabras. La página se ha vuelto un hormiguero. El vacío se estableció en la boca de mi estómago. Caigo interminablemente sobre ese vacío. Caigo sin caer. Tengo las manos frías, los pies fríos. Pero los alfabetos arden, arden. El espacio se hace y se deshace. La noche insiste, la noche palpa mi frente, palpa mis pensamientos. ¿Qué quiere? Samuel de Fonso Nocturne, one. <clears throat> In my window, night invents another night, another space. Carnival convulsed in a square yard of blackness. Momentary confederations of fire, nomadic geometries, errant numbers. From yellow to green to red, the spiral unwinds. Window, magnetic plate of calls and answers, high-voltage calligraphy, false heaven-hell of industry, 
on the changing skin of the moment. Sign seethes. The night shoots them off. They rise, bursting above, fall, still burning, in a cone of shadow, reappear, rambling sparks, syllable clusters, spinning flames that scatter, smithereens once more. The city invents and erases them. I am at the entrance to a tunnel. These phrases drill through time. Perhaps I am that which waits at the end of the tunnel. I speak with eyes closed. Someone has planted a forest of magnetic needles in my eyelids. Someone guides the thread of these words. The page has become an ant's nest. The void has settled at the pit of my stomach. I fall endlessly through that void. I fall without falling. My hands are cold, my feet cold, but the alphabets are burning, burning. Space makes and unmakes itself. The night insists. The night touches my forehead, touches my thoughts. What does it want? <clears throat> Calles vacías, luces tuertas. En una esquina, el espectro de un perro. Busca en la basura un hueso fantasma. Gallera alborotada, patio de vecindad y su mitote. México hacia 1931. Gorriones callejeros, una bandada de niños con los periódicos que no vendieron, hace un nido. Los faroles inventan en la soledumbre charcos irreales de luz amarillenta. Apariciones, el tiempo se abre, un taconeo lúgubre, lascivo, bajo un cielo de hollín, la llamarada de una falda. C'est l'amour ou la mort. El viento indiferente arranca en las paredes anuncios lacerados. A esta hora, los muros rojos de San Ildefonso son negros y respiran. Sol hecho tiempo, tiempo hecho piedra, piedra hecha cuerpo. Estas calles fueron canales. Al sol, las casas eran plata, ciudad de cal y canto, luna caída en el lago. Los criollos levantaron sobre el canal cegado y el ídolo enterrado otra ciudad, no blanca, rosa y oro, idea vuelta espacio, número tangible. La asentaron en el cruce de las ocho direcciones, sus puertas a lo invisible abiertas, el cielo y el infierno. Barrio dormido, andamos por galerías de ecos entre imágenes rotas, nuestra historia. Callada nación de las piedras, iglesias, vegetación de cúpulas, sus fachadas, petrificados jardines de símbolos, embarrancados en la proliferación rencorosa de casas enanas, palacios humillados, fuentes sin agua, afrentados frontispicios, cúmulos, madréporas insubstanciales, se acumulan sobre las graves moles, vencidas no por la pesadumbre de los años, por el oprobio del presente.
plaza del Zócalo, basta como firmamento. Espacio diáfano, frontón de ecos. Ahí inventamos, entre Aliocha Karamazov y Julián Sorel, sinos de relámpago cara al siglo y sus camarillas. Nos arrastra el viento del pensamiento, el viento verbal, el viento que juega con espejos, señor de reflejos, constructor de ciudades de aire, geometrías suspendidas del hilo de la razón. Gusanos gigantes, amarillos tranvías apagados, heces y setas, un auto loco, insecto de ojos malignos, ideas, frutos al alcance de la mano, frutos, astros, arden, arde, árbol de pólvora, el diálogo adolescente, súbito armazón chamuscado. Doce veces golpeé el puño de bronce de las torres. La noche estalla en pedazos, los junta luego y a sí misma, intacta, se une. Nos dispersamos, no allá en la plaza con sus trenes quemados, aquí, sobre esta página, letras petrificadas. <coughs> Empty streets, squinting lights. On a corner, the ghost of a dog searches the garbage for a spectral bone. Uproar in a nearby patio. Cacophonous cockpit. Mexico, circa 1931. Loitering sparrows, a flock of children builds a nest of unsold newspapers. In the desolation, the streetlights invent unreal pools of yellowish light. Apparitions. Time splits open, a lugubrious, lascivious clatter of heels beneath the sky of soot, the flash of a skirt. C'est la mort ou la mort. The indifferent wind rips posters from the walls. At this hour, the red walls of San Ildefonso are black and they breathe. Sun turned to time, time turned to stone, stone turned to body. These streets were once canals. In the sun, the houses were silver, city of mortar and stone, moon fallen in the lake. Over the filled canals and the buried idols, the criollos erected another city, not white, but red and gold. Idea turned to space, tangible number. They placed it at the crossroads of eight directions, its doors open to the invisible, heaven and hell. Sleeping district. We walk through galleries of echoes, past broken images. Our history. Hushed nation of stones. Churches, dome growths, their facades, petrified gardens of symbols. Shipwrecked in the spiteful proliferation of dwarf houses, humiliated palaces, fountains without water, affronted frontispieces. Cumuli. Insubstantial madrepore accumulate over the ponderous bulks, conquered not by the weight of the years, but by the infamy of the present. Zakolo Plaza, vast as the heavens, diaphanous space, court of echoes. There, with Alyosha K. and Julien S., we devise bolts of lightning against the century and its cliques. 
the wind of thought carried us away, the verbal wind, the wind that plays with mirrors, master of reflections, builder of cities of air, geometries hung from the thread of reason. Shut down for the night, the yellow trolleys, giant worms, S's and Z's, a crazed auto, insect with malicious eyes, ideas, fruits within an arm's reach, like stars, burning. The girandola is burning, the adolescent dialogue, the scorched hasty frame. The bronze fist of the towers beats twelve times. Night bursts into pieces, gathers them by itself, and becomes one, intact. We disperse, not there in the plaza with its dead trains, but here, on this page, petrified letters. <clears throat> el muchacho que camina por este poema entre San Ildefonso y el Zócalo es el hombre que lo escribe. Esta página también es una caminata nocturna. Aquí encarnan los espectros amigos. Las ideas se disipan. El bien. Quisimos el bien. Enderezar al mundo. No nos faltó entereza. Nos faltó humildad. Lo que quisimos, no lo quisimos con inocencia. Preceptos y conceptos. Soberbia de teólogos. Golpear con la cruz. Fundar con sangre. Levantar la casa con ladrillos de crimen. Decretar la comunión obligatoria. Algunos se convirtieron en secretarios de los secretarios del secretario general del infierno. La rabia se volvió filósofa. Su baba ha cubierto al planeta. La razón descendió a la tierra, tomó la forma del patíbulo y la adoran millones. Enredo circular. Todos hemos sido en el gran teatro del inmundo jueces, verdugos, víctimas, testigos. Todos hemos levantado falso testimonio contra los otros y contra nosotros mismos. Y lo más vil, fuimos el público que aplaude o bosteza en su butaca. La culpa que no se sabe culpa, la inocencia fue la culpa mayor. Cada año fue monte de huesos. Conversiones, retractaciones, excomuniones, reconciliaciones, apostasías, abjuraciones, zigzag de las demonolatrías y las androlatrías, los embrujamientos y las desviaciones. Mi historia son las historias de un error. La historia es el error. La verdad es aquello, más allá de las fechas, más acá de los nombres, que la historia desdeña. El cada día, latido anónimo de todos, latido único de cada uno, el irrepetible cada día, idéntico a todos los días. La verdad es el fondo del tiempo sin historia. El peso del instante que no pesa. Unas piedras con sol, vistas hace ya mucho y que hoy regresan. Piedras de tiempo que son también de piedra bajo este sol de tiempo. Sol que viene de un día sin fecha. 
Sol que ilumina estas palabras, sol de palabras que se apaga al nombrarlas. Arden y se apagan soles, palabras, piedras. El instante los quema sin quemarse. Oculto, inmóvil, intocable, el presente, no sus presencias, está siempre. <coughs> Entre el hacer y el ver, acción o contemplación, escogí el acto de palabras. Hacerlas, habitarlas, dar ojos al lenguaje. La poesía no es la verdad, es la resurrección de las presencias, la historia transfigurada en la verdad del tiempo no fechado. La poesía, como la historia, se hace. La poesía, como la verdad, se ve. La poesía, encarnación del sol sobre las piedras en un hombre, disolución del nombre en un más allá de las piedras. La poesía, puente colgante entre historia y verdad, no es camino hacia esto o aquello. Es ver la quietud en el movimiento, el tránsito en la quietud. La historia es el camino, no va a ninguna parte. Todos lo caminamos, la verdad es caminarlo. No vamos ni venimos, estamos en las manos del tiempo. La verdad, sabernos desde el origen suspendidos. Fraternidad sobre el vacío. The boy who walks through this poem between San Ildefonso and the Socolo is the man who writes it. This page, too, is a ramble through the night. Here the friendly ghosts become flesh, ideas dissolve. Good, we wanted good to set the world right. We didn't lack integrity, we lacked humility. What we wanted was not innocently wanted. Precepts and concepts, the arrogance of theologians, to beat with a cross, to institute with blood, to build the house with bricks of crime, to declare obligatory communion. Some became secretaries to the secretary, to the general secretary of the inferno. Rage became philosophy. Its drivel has covered the planet. Reason came down to earth, took the form of a gallows, and is worshipped by millions. Circular plot. We have all been in the grand theater of filth, judge, executioner, victim, witness. We have all given false testimony against the others and against ourselves. And the most vile, We were the public that applauded or yawned in its seats. The guilt that knows no guilt, innocence, was the greatest guilt. Each year there was a mountain of bones. Conversions, retractions, excommunications, reconciliations, apostasies, recantations, the zigzag of the demonolatries and the androlatries, bewitchments and aberrations, my history. Are they the histories of an error? History is the error. Beyond dates, before names, 
Truth is that which history scorns, the everyday, everyone's anonymous heartbeat, the unique beat of everyone, the unrepeatable everyday, identical to all days. Truth is the base of a time without history, the weight of the weightless moment, a few stones in the sun seen long ago, today return, stones of time that are also stone beneath this sun of time, sun that comes from a dateless day, sun that lights up these words, sun of words that burns out when they are named, sun, words, stones, burn and burn out, the moment burns them without burning, hidden, unmoving, untouchable, the present, not its presences, is always. Between seeing and making, contemplation or action, I chose the act of words, to make them, to inhabit them, to give eyes to the language. Poetry is not truth, it is the resurrection of presences, history transfigured in the truth of undated time. Poetry, like history, is made. Poetry, like truth, is seen. Poetry, incarnation of the sun on the stones in a name, dissolution of the name in a beyond of stones. Poetry, suspension bridge between history and truth, is not a path toward this or that. It is to see the stillness in motion, change in stillness. History is the path it goes nowhere. We all walk it. Truth is to walk it. We neither come nor go. We are in the hands of time. Truth, to know ourselves from the beginning, hung. Brotherhood over the void. <clears throat> Las ideas se disipan, quedan los espectros. Verdad de lo vivido y padecido. Queda un sabor casi vacío. El tiempo, furor compartido, el tiempo, olvido compartido. Al fin, transfigurado en la memoria y sus encarnaciones. Queda el tiempo hecho cuerpo repartido, lenguaje. En la ventana, simulacro guerrero, se enciende y apaga el cielo comercial de los anuncios. Atrás, apenas visibles, las constelaciones verdaderas. Aparece entre tinacos, antenas, azoteas, columna líquida, más mental que corpórea, cascada de silencio, la luna. Ni fantasma ni idea. Fue diosa y es hoy claridad errante. Mi mujer está dormida. También es luna, claridad que transcurre, no entre escollos de nubes, entre las peñas y las penas de los sueños. También es alma. Fluye bajo sus ojos cerrados, desde su frente se despeña, torrente silencioso, hasta sus pies, en sí misma se desploma y de sí misma brota, sus latidos la esculpen, se inventa al recorrerse, se copia al inventarse, entre las islas de sus pechos es un brazo de mar, su vientre es la laguna donde se desvanecen 
la sombra y sus vegetaciones, fluye por su talle, sube, desciende, en sí misma se esparce, se ata a su fluir, se dispersa en su forma. También es cuerpo. La verdad es el oleaje de una respiración y las visiones que miran unos ojos cerrados. Palpable misterio de la persona. La noche está a punto de desbordarse. Clarea. El horizonte se ha vuelto acuático. Despeñarse desde la altura de esta hora. Morir será caer o subir. Una sensación o una cesación. Cierro los ojos. Oigo en mi cráneo los pasos de mi sangre. Oigo pasar el tiempo por mis sienes. Todavía estoy vivo. El cuarto se ha enarenado de luna. Mujer, fuente en la noche. Yo me fío a su fluir sosegado. Ideas scatter, the ghosts remain. Truth of the lived and suffered. An almost empty taste remains. Time, shared fury. Time, shared oblivion. In the end transfigured in memory and its incarnations. What remains is time as portioned body, language. In the window, travesties of battle. The commercial sky of advertisements flares up, goes out. Behind, barely visible, the true constellations. Among the water towers, antennas, rooftops, a liquid column, more mental than corporeal, a waterfall of silence, the moon. Neither phantom nor idea, once a goddess, today in errant clarity. My wife sleeps. She too is a moon, a clarity that travels not between the reefs of the clouds, but between the rocks and racks of dreams. She too is a soul. She flows below her closed eyes, a silent torrent rushing down from her forehead to her feet. She tumbles within, bursts out from within. Her heartbeats sculpt her. Traveling through herself, she invents herself. Inventing herself, she copies it. She is an arm of the sea between the islands of her breasts, her belly a lagoon where darkness and its foliage grow pale. She flows through her shape, rises, falls, scatters in herself, ties herself to her flowing, disperses in her form. She too is a body. Truth is the swell of a breath and the vision's closed eyes see, the palpable mystery of the person. The night is at the point of running over. It grows light. The horizon has become aquatic. To rush down from the heights of this hour, will dying be a falling or a rising, a sensation or a cessation? I close my eyes. I hear in my skull the footsteps of my blood. I hear time pass through my temples. I am still alive. The room is covered with moon. Woman, fountain in the night, I am bound to her quiet flowing.
question vis-a-vis um, -vis this poem that you've read actually the part three where you're speaking uh, uh, where you said something to the effect that history where's the error in history say and then you answer here history is an error do you really think so <coughs> <laughs> yes and um, what is not error then? The rectification of history, the, our answer to history. And when I think history is a her error, I mean uh, perhaps error is not a very good word, uh, but it's rather expressive. <coughs> Both in Spanish and in English. And yes. <laughs> I think that, uh, well, you could, you could say also that history is a nightmare, has been said and many other things, also that history is our destiny. But I think history is, is the, the, if it is destiny, we must fight against our destiny. History is the thing given to us. And our answer is poetry, is philosophy, is morality, is love, is creation, is culture. I don't think that we can just so ignore history or to try to ignore it. In the sense that, um, how should I put it? Well, insofar as we regard ourselves um, in any sort of role vis-a-vis -vis history as its um, objects or as its, as its rectifiers, we are in the final analysis. We will sort of cater to our own and to uh, many of uh, and uh, after many others, notion that we are victims of history. We basically, basically, people have a tendency to bask in the sense of being victims of the circumstances, uh, be that those circumstances, private circumstances, or well, public circumstances, historical circumstances. Well, don't think that well. The main requirement the hum for the human being is uh, uh, to reject the notion of being a victim. Of course. <clears throat> Well, Do you have any choice? to transcend, yes. Aha, you, ca you have a choice. You have a choice to say, I am not a victim. I don't give a damn about what's going on. Or I'm going to resist it as much as I can, no matter what happens to me. If I'm destroyed, I'm destroyed, but I go down not as a victim. Well, that I agree. <clears throat> but we cannot afford to ignore history. We must face history, and we must transcend history, resist history. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes, why not, when it's necessary to collaborate with history. That's good. It, is, <laughs> it depends. It depends of our time, the period, the moment. It's the most difficult thing, because we must. I mean, we cannot afford to ignore history, because we are history. We are time. After all, history is time, social time, and we are time also. We are the products of history. We are the sons of history. Mankind is history, but on the other kind, uh, on the other hand, mankind is the negation of history or the the will to be beyond history. And I think the great thing that we have created since the beginning has been 
with history and against history. With history because we are the sons of history since the Paleolithic. Also against history because we have rebelled against history. Octavia, I have a question. Well, it's going to be a little bit uh, uh, dry, arid, perhaps abstract to say the least. But uh, as you are coming from the Catholic country, an abstract discourse is nothing of new to you. <laughs> well, well, who said, well, that was Siran, Susan, yeah, who said that well, all the Catholic countries one day will go communist. Hasn't he said that? Yeah. Well, yeah, he said that, yeah. But well, it's not about communism. Well, he's a professional yeah. pessimist. Yeah, he's a pre- yeah, 20 years ago, yeah. <laughs> but then, well, all right. No, but I'm not talking about this. Well, I'm not uh, talking about communism, about politics, about anything else. Well, it's going to be really dry and abstract. Don't you think that history is yet another catchword? Well, maybe it's a false concept. Well, because, well, uh, the history or the notion of history is a form of domestication of a greater concept, the concept of time. Yes, well, history is time, as I said, uh, well, it's a, it's, it's a word that we moderns use it. Uh, we use uh, history because before we use destiny or God will or providence. If you think in the in the medieval age, they 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 didn't think about history, or the Greeks, they didn't think about history. They they, they were thinking about fatality or about the how do you say in English, Hades. Fatality, necessity, or well, nemesis, mm-hmm. or God, the will of God. But we moderns, we have changed and we believe in history. When and we hate history. Yeah. When did we get it the first time? <laughs> when did we get the first time the concept of history in, uh, in the circulation? With, I don't know yet, the, but I, I suppose. Well, it was in the 17th or 18th century. Sounds Very like clearly it. in the 18th century, and with the illustration. But before also, I think already, Vico had the idea of history. Vico, he tried yeah. to mm-hmm. make a mm-hmm. philosophy of history, etc. But it, it, it doesn't, it's the same when it starts. We are at the end, perhaps, of the concept of history. Mm-hmm. That also is very important. And some professors talk about post-history. Post history, but he talk about post modernity and things like that. I think that the play of words. No? Uh, would you regard, or would you, uh, would you regard the concept of, well, the idea of history as a, a metaphysical category, or would you regard it as a, uh, well, what is this, a, a term of uh, uh, more properly used in sociology, in politics, in well, whatever it is, in um, uh, archive research? Well, no, I think it's metaphysical. Uh, also, no, because uh, uh, if you think in all modern op- in modern times, uh, Marxism or all these uh, ideologies uh, come from Hegel, and Hegel thought that history mm-hmm. was finally the form that time took in in, 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 in human history. Okay, it, it was metaphysics. If you think that we know what we're doing, we don't. <laughs> no, no, I'm just talking to the audience. Well, that is, but, it, uh, but as for my humble self, as for my humble self, uh, this is indeed an area of interest. 
because uh, the terminology uh, uh, takes an enormous toll of, uh, of our psyches, of our sensibilities. Well, we, um, uh, we indeed are quite prepared to, uh, to engage in a discourse, uh, 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 provided that we have a terminology for it. But, well, when you, uh, well, a writer is the first, uh, I think, animal, is the first person to, uh, to, be sus uh, to, sort of to be somewhat suspicious of terminology used by the others. And, well, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit uneasy. Uh, well, Octavia, in no way should you, take, should, you, uh, should you take this personally, but I'm a little bit uneasy. No, no, this, well, we know each other for quite some time, but we're personal friends, as far as I know. But apart from, uh, yeah, uh, uh, 15 years to be, uh, to say the least. Well, and, but apart from our uh, friendship, there is the reality of uh, uh, Octavia, Octavia Paz's work, as well as the reality of my work. Well, and well, it's not about that. Well, this is just well, uh, there's not a clubby thing that you are witnessing here. I'm a little bit uneasy uh, um, about uh, the use of the concepts, well, of the categories of, like history, well, uh, in poetry, and of debunking history and poetry, because well, the debunking of it is so easy to accomplish. Well, and it's easy to get a mileage out, out of that debunking. Of course, of course, we, are all, we all regard ourselves on a certain plane of regard. We all regard ourselves as a sort of well, victims or instruments of history. Well, and whenever somebody says, uh, well, uh, history is bad, well, well, uh, well, he's sort of a uh, sort of place to the uh, rather receptive audience. He, well, goes for a ready applause. What do you think of that? Well, you know, I think we should we shouldn't say. I'm playing hardball. Yeah. We shouldn't say history is bad, or history is good, but we can say history is history is that. Uh, I, I don't believe it is. Now, uh, uh, when we talk about we were talking about metaphysics. Well, one of the things that we should do, and we have doing it, is to make the criticism of history. When you think in the past, they make the criticism of time, of eternity, of uh, metaphysic ideas. Now is the time, and I think we are accomplished it in this generation, the, 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 the criticism of history. We are going to end with, in some way, history is not only a reality, it's a concept, it's an idea, and it's a superstition. Mm -hmm. That's why. That's better. Yes. That's see, better, yeah. that we must make the criticism of history. And my poem, in some way, is uh, in a very modest way, not only a, uh, a, <laughs> a how do you say, a testimony, you say? Testimony. A testimony <laughs> of, uh, I, I don't feel that I am a victim of history. No, no. I believe that we must rebel against history. That and also against the concept of history. No, you see, the reason of my, well, whatever it is, well, uh, well I'm, I behave, I think, like a sort of tenacious dog that clings to the, well, to the, uh, well whatever it is, yes. to the sleeve and let, won't let go. Uh, I'm cognizant of that, but uh, the point is that, well, I, well, and I'm pulling not exactly the rank, but my own personal history, if you will. Well, I grew up in a country where the concept of historical necessity was the, the sort, of, uh, sort of ultima rata regum. That is, well, uh, everything was justified by the historical necessity. Well, that is, somebody would, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, the founding 
bastards of our system. Well, they simply uh, came up with the notion. Well, they they really uh, 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 well, sort of uh, um, consumed with the mother's milk. Well, they took it in the notion of history, and out of the history, well, uh, having that sort of catchword, that catch concept, they well, they uh, had a sort of a almost uh, 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 the byproduct that history operates according to certain laws. Well, you see, well, a concept is coined, then the laws are coined, yeah, and then out of those co- out of those laws, well, you uh, well, a certain system is being sort of designed, well, according in accordance to which you have to operate for the, your own good, etc., or for the good of your uh, your well, whatever it is. Um, uh, well, uh, siblings and well, whatever it is, or whatever we're going to um, uh, sire. Well, the thing is, the thing is that well, uh, I'm terribly uneasy when I hear the word history. Yeah, because I think I think it's a sort of a tremendous simplification, it's, it's a tremendous domestication of a greater concept that we are not willing to uh, to uh, to tackle, uh, to, to deal with. That is the concept of time, which is a metaphysical concept. Yes. We were just starting at uh, well, whatever was our well uh, when we had the drinks. Well, in that whatever this glorious hotel of yours. Well, uh, uh, well, uh, well, uh, I wouldn't mind to say that myself. Well, uh, it's not just well. We were talking about uh, uh, the uh, metaphysical notions or the very subject, the very term metaphysics, is being out of the circulation. Yeah, both civilist in this country, in the most circles, in the main, in 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 the main circle. Well, that is in the most. In the majority of the intellectual circles, and the question is why? why do, you, do you know any answer to that? Why? Well, I, I think this is again a peculiarity. So you, you, you belong to a country where history was the universal truth. And then I come from a country that uh, the intellectuals of my age, and I think not only in Latin America, all over the world, we have also this superstition of history. And we rebel. Uh, we have this superstition of history, but I don't think in United States uh, the disease, the metaphysical disease of history, is very deep. Uh, the Americans are not, in this sense, very historical minded, and that perhaps a good is an advantage. Sec- but also they are, uh, they have some uh, some uh, the same kind of indifference with metaphysics. Hold a second. Do you think it's? Uh, do you think it's? Um, no, hold, hold because it's history a, is a kind the mask of metaphysics. Yeah, that, to that say well, mask it would be. It's a poor mask. Well, it's a kind of a, it's a sour mask. Well, well, the Greeks had well smiling masks and well sour masks. Yeah, but hold a second. Uh, uh, hold a second. Uh, do you think that the phenomenon of the of that phenomenon of that uh, that you uh, define as disease of the metaphysical concern? Uh, do you think that it has? Um, uh, uh, something to do with the democracy. <laughs> we are talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that is a great question. Yes. You are going to engage the great in a minute. Yes, well, you, don't yeah, you, should, you should talk about that because yes, this is the great question. With the, uh, when uh, with historically, I am sorry to say historically, but there is not other word more appropriate. <laughs> Historically, democracy, modern democracy, modern democracy uh, starts also with the criticism of metaphysics in the 18th century. The end of metaphysics with Kant, and the, uh, I think this, this uh, Heine uh, said something rather amusing and intelligent. He said that Kant, uh, guillotine, how to say guillotine? 
guillotine the metaphysical ideas with the same decision as Robert, Robespierre guillotine the heads of the nobility. The same result. Yeah, the same, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that is the, 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 the democracy has to do with the end with, of metaphysics. Yeah. We're not going to, well, yeah. We're because not, democracy is relative, relative. Relative, exactly. That's the whole point. Hold a second. This is rather interesting. I'm well. I'm just speaking from the top of my well, whatever it is, uh, uh, whatever I have on my shoulders. Uh, hold a second. I'm just groping here. Uh, don't you think that well, sort of uh, the notion of the metaphysical realm or the metaphysical dimension to the existence, etc., etc. Is the basically a product of a certain vertical process of mental operation? That is, um, that you think, uh, in a sense, of thinking, in a sense, about the world hierarchically. Well, that uh, a you produce the well, a well, the, the hierarchical th uh, thinking produces presumably these stages. First, the stage of immediate authority, then of the supreme authority. That is in the worldly con uh, con uh, uh, context. Then, presumably, that worldly uh, authority is in some relation to the deity, yeah, to the god, let's say. Well, and then perhaps uh, the god is not exactly the sole god, but because of one god. At least, well, when you start to, th to think about well, in a vertical fashion, which is a very sort of a congenial to a human being, because we think that the reason presides over the subconscious, over well, whatever it is, over our instincts, etc., etc., and the instincts and the uh, uh, subconscious report on themselves to the reason that the reason is the supreme master, the general secretary, if you will, well, or the, or the king, yeah. Well, so and there should be some, uh, and therefore, as we establish that pattern of the vertical authority, then. It's natural to pre, uh, to, to presuppose or presume that there is somebody beyond that. Well, that is, we should go a little bit beyond. Maybe there's something beyond. Yeah. Whereas the democratical principle that equates, uh, well, that makes every existence equal and valid. Well, about in the process equating presumably ignorance to the wisdom and well, whatever this knowledge, the absence of that knowledge, etc., etc., etc. Well, the democratic uh, pattern of thinking. Well, sort of debunks that uh, vertical uh, structure, and therefore, and therefore, the uh, the metaphysics would be the first loss. Yeah. Well, in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Is that more or less correct to your ear? It's correct, and of course, and the the end of metaphysics <coughs> is also the the end of of inquisitions, pedantism, authority, etc. <coughs> the democratic society. Put between parentheses, uh, absolute ideas. Mm -hmm. We live in a relative. Uh, society. Both things, no? We have nostalgia of all these great truths of the past, but we know that these great truths of the past produce uh, great crimes. Mm -hmm. Well, how would you reconcile this? Just well, for the five more minutes, and then well, uh, the floor will be open. All the floor, the seats will be open. Well, um, uh, um, uh, how would you? Well, do you think there is any possibility to reconcile uh, the, um, the metaphysic, uh, the metaphysical concern, which is dear to us? I take it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this is democratic uh, society. That is, in in other words, what you're going to say to a man who would come to you and say, "Well, my word." About about the, about, the, about the nature of this world as good as your word. I must say, yes, you're right. And it would be tragic. Yeah. I will leave the contradiction. <laughs> because I am Democrat. Uh, I mean, I will leave the contradiction. 
because there is not way out of the contradiction. Mm -hmm. I mean, perhaps there is, but we have not invented this. I think modern societies live in this contradiction between this this uh, 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 thirst of totality, mm -hmm. absolute values, and relativism. Mm -hmm. But to live with our neighbors, or we must conform all to the same truth, or we must accept pluralistic truths, relative truths, and we have decided the second, the second, the second path. Why? Because, well, you know, we are going to make philosophy of history. Don't do that. No, no. Ah, I see. <laughs> no, no uh, it's very complicated, but um, it's very clear. Not that we make, we start to make the criticism of authority, but to make the criticism of authority was to make the criticism of first principles. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and of course, the criticism of God. Mm -hmm. Hold a second, hold a second. Well, my, my, well, the reason I sort of put it this way to you, when somebody comes to you, my word about the nature of the world, or, well, um, um, is about as good as yours, um, um, uh, is uh, precisely because, well, my animal response would be no, it isn't. Well, and it isn't because, uh, well, because, um, uh, well, uh, 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 it isn't for any sort of obvious reasons. I would try to argue with that person. I would try to tell him, look, I know what you do, but I know something else. I know, well, I would argue my point, or whatever it is, if I have any point, well, I would argue my point uh, by saying, well, uh, look, well, my version of the universe is more interesting, is more ramified, well, is is more, if you will, animated or kind of convoluted than yours. Yeah. Well, if anything, if anything, well, that is, if you learn my version, well, you at least will have more fun with the universe. Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to be funny. Well. Uh, uh, well, I th I think I think. It's important to persuade the people that, well, the world that we have at hand, well, it's the job of poetry in a sense, well, that, uh, to indicate that what we have at, at hand on the pedestrian level is simply a translation of all these relations between the objects, between the people, if you will. Well, between the stars that we uh, well, observe, etc., etc., are simply the translations of a certain, or echoes, if you will, of a certain, well, superior, no, not superior, but uh, um, uh, uh, more or less imperceptible uh, relations well, basically, art is a translation of the divine truth into the pedestrian, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so in a sense, in a sense, it would be worthwhile to try to hammer those well notions, uh, well, out of which we dare say operate in uh, in our spare time. Well, uh, well, into the uh, into the uh, into the into the minds of those who don't. Yes, but in the name of uh, of uh, relative principles saying, my idea is better than your idea. Mm -hmm. I am going to try to demonstrate to you this superiority of my idea. But that's all. But we cannot, do, but we cannot impose it. It's no, 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 no. Well, there, well, I'm not talking about any sort of coercive or legi uh, uh, legislation. Well, today, well, uh, that that would oblige. Well, whatever it is. Well, even those uh, uh, people who seem to so congenial, etc., etc. Well, uh, to uh, uh, to um, to, uh, to buy 
Uh, what I believe in, what I would like simply uh, to, cre uh, to have uh, in the democratic, so to speak, context. I'm not, obviously we're barking at the wrong tree, not that you can bark at the right tree, but well, well, uh, because basically, basically, the ideas, the, uh, well, the sort of uh, the democratic society does have an access uh, uh, to metaphysical notions. It would be much uh, better in our view, that is in my view, if the uh, sort of uh, well, they all would be sort of metaphysicians, yeah, well, rather than are... rather than sociologists, teachers, and yes. this and that, etc., yes. etc. Et but uh, ask the professors in the universities or the philosophers. The majority, all the professors uh, are against metaphysics. Metaphysics is in decadence. There is not great metaphysic. Uh, philosophy in the 20th century. All the philosophers are critical philosophers from, the, from Heidegger to the analytic philosophers. Well, uh, first of all, uh, before we proceed any longer, let me try to sort of uh, not exactly formulate what the metaphysics is. Well, it's simply uh, well, but well, simply to suggest a hint. Well, uh, so, well it's a sense of, well, uh, of Uncalculable infinity present in very small object. That is well. Uh, it's not Octavia Pasco is sitting to me, and it's not me who is sitting next to him. We are simply well, some sort of echoes of God, of God knows what. Yeah, we are simply sort of a, a very casual, very uh, well uh, transitory product of a certain idea. Well, that was uh, that uh, brought. All of us into the world. There's something of, uh, to, that, uh, to that kind. That is, if we would try, well, you can see, you can sense the infinity in the drop of water from the faucet. Yeah. Well, and uh, uh, this is what we call metaphysics, more or less, roughly. Don't I will call anything. metaphysics the absence. <laughs> the absence. Yeah. The absence <laughs> person. Yeah. 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 So it's more or less there. The absent well, person in our society. Well, the absent reality, and yeah. that this is a lack in some way. Metaphysics is a word that I don't like so much because uh, it's a ah, you don't like no. But I do you do, words. do you like the notion, if not the word? The notion, yes, yeah. and the the idea of yes. Also, I am very much uh, uh, suspicious of general explanations. Uh -huh. uh, that general ideas, uh, and that I am uh, I am suspicious about. Hold a second. Well, one more question. Well, where would the metaphysical dimension end uh, for you? With the, uh, uh, with the almighty or with the astronomy? The astronomy? No, not at all. Astronomy has to do with science. Science has nothing to do with metaphysics. And metaphysics, call, in one side, is, is um, the geography of, of metaphysics. In one side, uh, how do you say, is neighbor of religion, mm -hmm. and on the other side is neighbor of, uh, of, uh, of, of logic and philosophy in, mm -hmm. the, in the real sense. No? It's a mental construction, mm -hmm. perhaps. Uh, I don't know if it's a explanation of, of the universe. <laughs> After all, I prefer to believe in, in, uh, in doubt. Mm -hmm. Well, so, in other words, the last stage or last stop would be the religion, would it be? Religion in one side mm -hmm. and skepticism in the other side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, we have this between, let's be a little pedantic, between Hume 
And Pascal, I prefer Hume. I prefer Pascal. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. About that. <laughs> well, this that. Okay. Well, let's get it. Uh, um, a more desperate individual. Well, very uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, why don't we open to the to the public? Yeah. Go ahead, shoot. Oh, there's a. Huh? Pardon? We need a mic for what? For the purposes of the recording? The recording, recording yeah. Yeah. Well, there you are. Well, go to the mic and ask a question, please. Good thing is not... I kind of wanted to bring us, or maybe down to a more pedestrian level than metaphysics for a minute. Maybe suggest something about human freedom um, and the relationship in your in your poems, Mr. Poss, about history and poetry. It's um, it's something that seems to me that's common among historians and poets. They seem to go back and forth between the two professions. And if you don't think history conveys any truth, or Truth should be, one should be suspicious of historical truths, if any exist. Um, what then is the role for a poet in, in our society now? Uh, in particular, how in the Latin American left at this moment, in time right now, in 1988, with uh, state governments in Chile, Argentina, and Peru governments that exist there now obviously are going to change, give way to something else that most of the intellectuals in Latin America, the prominent intellectuals are in great disagreement over which side to take because they apparently believe one should be chosen. What's the relationship then in terms of history and the poet now in deciding how to interpret history? Or if history's given up, then what, what's left for the poet to do? Especially for the people on the lowest level who can't, don't have, say, the privilege to sit and talk about metaphysics. But there is nothing to, to there is not relationship really. <coughs> uh, politics. Uh, well, the, I, I suppose uh, we are for a change in Chile. I am for a change in Chile. I think in, in Buenos Aires already they have a democratic government, and that uh, that has nothing to do with with, with the with the role of the poets. Uh, this is not the the poet is not the man who is going to change society. The poet is the, the man who can see society and transfigurate society. I said in my poem that poet, poet, poetry. Uh, um, makes alive the presence of this world, makes us aware of, 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 of the world. That is nothing to do with, with politics. I think uh, uh, politics is an, an, another thing. Of course, politics can be, and many times have been, subject of poetry. But I don't see the change in Latin America related with, with poetry. How? And I am for these changes, some of them in Chile especially. No? 
Go ahead. Um, I think of the historian like E.P. Tom, who asked the poets to, to just, uh, just to the left of imagination rather than science. But what, what poets could give to political movements was concepts of utopia. And if poets aren't involved with that, then we're simply left with a scientific alternative. And we've seen in the modern world the best created. So, Human beings are political, human beings are erotic, human beings are religious, human beings are skeptical. Human beings are many things. Why only political? I'm not saying only political. The job of the poet is to express, uh, if he can, uh, the totality. But that has nothing to do with... with uh, with uh, concrete politics. And the history of the 20th century has been the history of great, enormous mistakes of, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, the, the impure uh, marriage between politics and poetry. Think in Ezra Pound, think in Neruda, Stalinist, uh, Pound, fascist, uh, Paul Eluard, communist, Stalinist again, and so many others. History, in this sense, for my generation, was a mistake because many times we were the... Uh, we tried to justify crimes. And, po and that has been one of the great responsibilities, not only of poets, but of intellectuals of the 20th century. To forget that is to forget too much, to don't have memory. Uh, can I, yes. can I add something? No, that's really good. The job of a poet is to can explain to a human being how complex he is, that he is more complex than he thinks he is, you see? Well, that is, and if that human being, even at the lowest strata of the society, gets that notion of complexity, first of all, first of all, he would demand the consideration for that complexity at the top, at any sort of a superior level. Well, this is what, uh, what is the possible effect uh, of, a, uh, of a job of, of a poet upon the society may be. Well, other than that, if you continue to talk about uh, human beings as political entities, as political animals, well, you are going to keep them forever in the bondage of the political system, which won't have any uh, reason to get more enlightened, so to speak. Yeah? Well, it will at best modify itself for its uh, sort of, uh, um, survival, if you will. Yeah? It will create more laws, but it's still you would be locked into the uh, predicament of a political well, of being a political animal, of being an object of a certain system. That's all. Somebody else? There's another hand. You have to go to the mic, though. Is it boring thus far or not? Good. <laughs> I was just wondering, in view of what you even just said about complexity, do you feel that the mind, as we know it, we are capable of having an experience that transcends what we've been doing here? Which is, I think that the mind seems to work and language seems to work 
in a categorical, hierarchical, almost deterministic or causal manner. And for a second there, when um, Dr. Brodsky was speaking about, uh, <laughs> was speaking about, if he said more, and then you would say more, and you would say more, and it began to be, he was looking almost into a kind of, I thought, determinism. Then we moved into a relativism, and I wondered if there's circularity, <coughs> is there room for circularity in the way in which you were, I thought you were on the, almost the brink of saying, trying to get something new, trying to move from determinism into relativism, and I was wondering if there is a way to make a kind of jump that would be incorporative, if, if the mind can use that, or speak in that way. Well, it's very, very difficult to answer, no? Oh, uh, but if I understand well your question, I, I should say yes, we can go from, we can, we can, we can break the circularity of this, uh, why always go from relativism to, to determinism? No, I think we can transcend, and, some, and that is our, 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 our condition and also our contradiction. Uh, uh, well, the thing is that we, well, the charge being there is that we fail to produce that qualitative jump in this sort of discourse. Qualitative leap. Um, well, in part, in part, well, it, it was quite deliberate. At least on my part, it was deliberate. Well, because, because and the gentleman who asked the previous question, he's, uh, he mentioned something, well, he's, uh, he referred to those in the society who are at the bottom of the society and who don't have the luxury of sitting and, dis, uh, uh, and discoursing on the metaphysical uh, matters, about the metaphysical matters. The point is that this is the real, real tragedy. Not is that they've been deprived of the, well, whatever this, of the minimal uh, level, of the minimal of subsistence. Because uh, I think, I think, uh, uh, well, uh, it, it would be more sensible to try to, ter to turn the human being into the uh, metaphysical being and then into the political being. Well, uh, well, that would be uh, then. We'll, uh, uh, then, on our hands, we would have uh, well, we would have had an entirely different ball game. That's one thing. And then, therefore, that question wouldn't have been asked. Well, the, well, as for the um, limitations imposed upon us, uh, well, or upon our minds by uh, uh, determinism, and what was the other one? Uh, relativism. Yeah. Well. Well, of course, these are not the limitations. Well, these are simply the temporal stages. Well, well, one can get launched in, in, indeed in some sort of a reverie at, uh, well, at the end of the rational road any time. Well, well, there are three forms of cognition. The rational uh, form of cognition, the intuitive form of cognition, and also the third form of cognition, which has been dis manifested by the biblical prophets through the revelation. Yeah. Well, but well, if we didn't get onto that horse of the revelation, it's simply because well, at this given moment, we haven't been given any revelation. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> of course. My question is, este. Una vez, uh, Why you don't speak in English? Because no, but well, perhaps he's right. more comfortable with Spanish, and then somebody will translate. translate. This. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sí, yeah. preferiría hacerlo en español. Creo que tenemos un buen traductor. Uh, okay. Una vez rota, uh, una vez desenmascarada la historia, 
Y una vez uh, dado el paso adelante ante la metafísica y todos los sistemas filosóficos que tenemos atrás, una vez roto este círculo dialéctico uh, del que estábamos hablando uh, y entendiendo que los instrumentos que tenemos en la poesía, las herramientas son la palabra y el significado de cada palabra, ¿cuál sería el, el punto a seguir o cuál sería el objetivo Uh, de aquí en adelante a buscar en la dentro de la poesía, en el quehacer de la poesía. ¿Cuál sería el... qué, qué, es, qué es lo que perseguimos ahora, entendiendo uh, todo el rompimiento que tenemos atrás? Basically, what are we looking for in poetry? I'm sorry, but it's, it's not only that, it's... Uh, Um, against against metaphysics and against historical uh, terminus, uh, uh, what we are looking for uh, looks like uh, our wall now is uh, is very blank. It's very uh, it's very huge for us. Once once we we get uh, back all these uh, all these uh, philosophical um, methods and all this uh, historical uh, terminology. We are like uh, in a in a big uh, uh, cinema screen without nothing. So, wh 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 what we are looking for right now? Well, you are, you are, yes, you are right, but I don't think you, you know. Uh, poetry is not uh, philosophy. Poetry is not metaphysics. Poetry is not religion. Poetry is poetry, and the questions of poetry are the same since the beginning. Why are they are in some way? the same questions of philosophy or religion or, or the other science because they are the basic question. That's why I didn't like so much the term metaphysics because the, the problem are the basic questions of human beings and the poetry, the only thing that he can do is to, to ask these questions and to try to answer them through a poem And the poem is always an attempt to express something eternal, but with in time, with words that are of this moment, of this particular country, of this particular society, of this particular time. Then poetry is again history, but also is an attempt to go beyond history. And in some ways, the great poems are beyond history. Or in, when I said beyond history, it's perhaps too abstract. For me, the, a good poem, a great poem, is a poem who has the capacity to, of resurrection. A old poem, a Greek poem or Dante, any, any of the great poem, poems of our tradition, you, we can read them, and in some way, we can revive this moment. We are doing something marvelous, almost divine. We are recreating time. And that is, I think, the great mission of poetry. Not to say to mankind, you must do this or do that in the political or in the moral or in the religious sense, but you are that, you are this. And especially, you can create again this moment. You can live again this moment. And that is the thing That's why I said in my poem, I try to say, 
that poetry is the resurrection of the presence. I would like to ask, assuming that we understand, we've already discussed history as being an error, as being unclear, and assuming that time is an error, is a possibility of the meaning of it, why did you say history here in Mexico City is an error? Why here? Why the word here in that line? Because I am Mexican. <clears throat> but I know, but the truth, the truth around the poem is just anywhere. I, you seem to be talking about Mexico. There's no, a street, but I, I, a perceive, I perceive history through my, 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 through my time and through my place. No, I understand that, but the poem seems to be talking about time. Mm-hmm. And it, I kept, and I, I read throughout, I kept slipping in the word time, and I keep saying, time here is an error. And I don't fit it into any kind of No, geog- time geography. is not an error. Even history, when I said history is an error, it was, uh, you, we must read in the context of the poem. I was thinking in that in my generation, we have political ideas, utopian ideas, and these ideas, this, uh, finally, we found them uh, not only uh, uh, untrue, but uh, in some way uh, criminal. Okay, thank you. That was, that was, in this sense, history for me, my history, my personal history, was the history of a metaphysical or philosophical error. We confuse uh, realms. <coughs> That was the first part of the poem, in the, the, the first part of the line. In the second line, I said, history is an error because, of course, the truth of time is, be, is not in history, but inside history, in time, in the life and the concrete life of everybody. It's I don't a, know if I, if I can make myself clear. Sometimes it's better to write, to read a poem, than to try to explain it. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay. um, I'll, I'll try to get, get this question uh, as brief as I can. It's primarily a get addressed to um, Mr. Brodsky, I guess, because I've heard much of what uh, Mr. Paz believes on this issue, and I'm trying to take it back to the history. And... Um, and your emphasis, I, mean, I know you don't like that term, but it, it's towards um, Mr. Paz's notion of, of metaphysics, and that is um, an absence, and um, that, that notion of an absence. And um, in, in your uh, extraordinary collection of essays, um, the first title essay has... Uh, I think a, a marvelous paragraph in it regarding your youth and you're looking at your history personally as an attempt to understand yourself and you're more interested in that at least at the time because the future doesn't present much to you and, um, and it's because of the future's plenitude I think mm-hmm. exactly because of its plenitude the future is nothing so is grass um, to that effect, anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you look upon poetry with, with at least an interest in metaphysics, not as a metaphysician, mm-hmm. whatever. Okay, not, okay, but 
but as someone who is interested in it, also someone who is interested in the notion of that emptiness. And is it, do you have an attempt to fill that emptiness? Um, and if you do, can you, can you ignore the future? And can you ignore, um, no, not ignore, but can you, can you look upon the future with, with uh, some degree of hope that you will f- fill something that is presently absent? And if so, what do you personally look upon as, as attempting to fill? Answer. Okay, I'll try to answer this. Um, well, I'll try to make it short, except that I don't believe that I'll be able to do so. Well, let me put it this way. Um, I wasn't talking about my life in any historical category. The only thing, uh, the only thing that hooked it to the what's regardless history is indeed the time in which that span of time, time span, uh, that period in which um, uh, which coincided with my or with which I coincided as a child, as a youth, etc. Well, I looked at my life. I always do, and I'm saying that not for any coquettish reasons, well, there are too many of us to be coquettish with, uh, 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 always with the mixture, to say the least, of a bewilderment, contempt, curiosity for myself, for the past. Well, because one, a grown, well, not a grown up, a growing man or a living man always regards uh, things uh, uh, in the back, behind, left behind, etc., etc., his past. Um, not necessarily with nostalgia, I think more like with shame. Well, I've said that, I've done that, etc. Et well, that is the past generates the same sense of shame, the sense of guilt, and all those things. Yeah, that's well. Those were the sentiments, basically, which went into the operation when I was well, when I well permitted myself that sort of a how should I put it, a sentimental attempt to grasp uh, a semblance of meaning, which uh, the things that I remembered uh, might, in the ma- mass, convey to me today or at the point of I was writing that. As for the future, and uh, well, and the fu- uh, my, uh, as for the future and my posture as a poet, I don't have that much of a track with the future. For a variety of reasons, uh, I never thought about that, and it never been, it's never been for me a palpable category or a category which uh, influenced my uh, uh, behavior or the conduct, neither in life, in actual life, nor on the page. What I was trying to do, or what I'm trying to do, well, at each given point, is to write a poem which I think would provide a reader, well, uh, with a sort of a higher plane of regard on which he would sort of, a, uh, well, from which he would sort of a take a view, or take a stock of what he's surrounded or is dealing with. Yeah, for myself, it's obviously the immediate pleasures, immediate pleasure of the rhyme, immediate pleasure of the extension of that pleasure of the rhyme. Yeah, well, sort of a crea- creation of an artifact, of an artifice. Yeah, well, which is uh, this is something what I love, I cherish, and this is what makes the uh, well has the ultimate meaning to me. Well, I do hope that it has uh, well, that it has certain certain uh, 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 that it's, what I'm doing is viable, that it's going to last. Well, well, I hope it will outlast me, to say the least. Well, and uh, given the generosity of the publishers, it may. Well, but uh, 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 I don't, in any sense, try to feel the future. I'm trying to create a sensible, attractive present, well, in which a reader will, will think, here was this man 
who was uh, who was capable of doing this with this little item. Well, for instance, well, he read, well, well, whatever it is. Uh, well, if I'm capable of finding a good simile for the notion of a black hole, if I'm capable to say that it's like a window of the uh, beloved. Well, at which I'm staring, and she's in. Well, and the gravity is so is so big that that no light escapes from there. I'm satisfied. Well, I've done my job, I think. Yeah. Well, well, and this is what I think. Well, uh, one man, uh, man should do. When man shouldn't be, well, how should I put it? Um, not exactly tempted. What is tempted by the notion of the future? What he can do for the future, etc., etc. Yeah. Or how can re he rectify history? He has to do his utmost today. Well, well, he has to use all the language, all the talent he's uh, given by the grace of God, or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, well, and to produce out of that something which would withstand the pressure of the idiocy around. That's all. Is that satisfactory in any fashion? I just have a small question. Um, well, yeah. Mr. Paz, uh, you mentioned uh, Ezra Pound and and Pablo Neruda as participants in an impure marriages. I'm wondering uh, what, how you evaluate them as, as poets and, and how you, well, what your feelings are for them as human beings in that time and place, both now and <coughs> You could address that. Sure. Great singers and great poets. <laughs> um, but let me tell you something which, you, which the most of you presumably won't know. I, I will speak about the scenes if you don't mind. Yes. Well, this is the story. I sell to you for what I bought. I won't embellish an inch here or whatever it is. Um, uh, uh, many of you have heard presumably about the man by, uh, whose name was uh, Leon Trotsky. Actually, Lev Davidovich Trotsky. He was no Leon. Well, well at any rate, well, you presumably know, who, well, presumably you have some, have, do have some sort of sense who he was. Yeah, you do, yeah? Yeah. Well, you've read books, etc., etc. Well, he was actually not such a good news as he's being, uh, well, as uh, he's, um, as, uh, is, uh, sort of his, well, as being widely or relatively wildly held. Now it's uh, the similar uh, uh, perception of the man has reached even the Soviet Union, that he wasn't, he was uh, a very good man. He wasn't a good man. He was the man who, uh, to begin with, drowned the only Russian revolution, the Kronstadt uprising in the blood. Well, and I think, I think, uh, well, for all I know, I think we were, uh, well, a, a paradoxical thing, we were quite lucky uh, to get Stalin because Stalin regarded Trotsky, presumably treated Trotsky, well, the way plagiarists would treat, a, uh, would treat an author. He implemented a great deal of his policies, but well, being not an author of the policies, he was pursuing them perhaps with a, uh, with a lesser severity and fanaticism than Trotsky could have done. That is, well, that's my view, but that's something else. Tro Stalin ordered assassin an assassination of Trotsky. There were three attempts. One, I think, uh, but, uh, it was in... Two no, 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 three attempts. One was either in Tehran or Istanbul. The, the other oh, one, yes. Yeah, well, the other one was, was in Mexico, unsuccessful. In Mexico, yes. Well, and the third one was successful in Mexico City. I'm talking about the second attempt, and that's quite interesting for you. I think it's going to be interesting. Well, uh, the second attempt uh, uh, had one victim. Well, uh, 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 Leon Trotsky's uh, American secretary. There was an American boy who came over to Mexico to work for Trotsky, for out of his beliefs, etc., etc. 
Well, so when the order has been, um, um, when the contract has been presented to the Mexican uh, branch of the Communist Party, they assigned the man to carry out the orders. Well, uh, the order. Well, the man was uh, at the time a famous painter, a muralist. Well, and when he was assigned that sort of a job, he was a member of the CP, of Mexican CP. So he decided to do that that thing in style. First, he went to the uh, to the he, he decided to uh, impersonate a, a postman, a mailman. So he went to the uh, to the uh, most expensive tailor, well, and ordered himself out of the best possible fabric a blue outfit of the uh, mailman. Then. Uh, then he go, uh, he grabbed the uh, he stole someone else's Rolls Royce, no less. Drove to the Gacienda in which uh, uh, Trotsky at the time has resided, well, and stopped, uh, parked the car, walked towards the Gacienda, pushed the bell, the door opened, and by that time, by that time, the man, the uh, assassin, was at the age of his theater, and well, uh, he simply sprayed uh, whatever was inside from his submachine gun. Then he rushed back, jumped into the car, and drove off. The next thing, the next thing, well, he drove out, well, whatever, out of Mexico City, where can one go uh, from the Mexico City, presumably to Guernavaca, yeah? He stopped halfway, whatever, after two, 20 or 30 miles, went into the bar, and ordered himself one tequila, another tequila, a third tequila, but the fourth tequila, he began to tell the story of his life to the bartender. Bartender <laughs> dialed the police uh, station. The man has been grabbed, and he was booked for stealing the car, because nothing else was on him, you see, at the time. That was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, a weekend. Well, so the man, the assassin, well, uh, sits or slips his drink off, well, in the, uh, in the, at the police station. When, well, um, uh, and it's a weekend, apparently, when the door, knock, knock on the door of the station, well, a man, in a very dapple man, well, in a very, well, in a very elegant coat, well, uh, uh, appears uh, on the threshold and says, you holding this individual, uh, well, who is the painter, well, and uh, don't you, to the police sergeant. Sergeant says, yes, we do, whatever they say in Mexican on those circumstances. He says, yes, we do. He said, well, Actually, I'm the cultural officer of the Chilean government, uh, uh, of, the, of the Chilean embassy in, in Mexico, and I want this man uh, very badly back, back in Santiago de Chile because we have Santiago de Chile because we have a mural to be finished. Well, so could you possibly release him? He said, well, this is against the law, whatever, senor, this and that, etc. So the man produces a, a, a fat vat of pesetas and presents uh, this uh, uh, pesetas to, uh, uh, to the sergeant. Ah, pesos, pesos, pesos. Terribly sorry, terribly sorry, terribly sorry. Well, well, and the man gets unlocked, well, put on the plane. He, uh, the next, uh, next day or the same day, perhaps, he ends up um, in, um, in Mexico City. Now the names for you. The name of the paint, uh, of the paint of the muralist was David Alvaro Sequeiros, and the man of the uh, the Chilean culture officer at the Mexican embassy was Pablo Neruda. Yeah, Pablo Neruda. <laughs> speaking of the sins, speaking of sins, well, you may not like the story, but that's true. How does that grab you? Well. <laughs> Well, the story is not uh, well. I, exactly. I made it a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I will, uh, we are not going to discuss. But the the truth is that uh, it's too romantic. The the, the way that uh, Joseph said it. No, it was the attempt against Trotsky, directed by Siqueiros and a group. Siqueiros was in the civil Spanish war. It's true. And they attempted the, to kill Trotsky. They, they couldn't. 
they took one of the secretaries, Hart, what was his name? Bell. Sheldon Hart, the American boy, and, he, and they killed him. But not uh, with tequila, not uh, all well, no, no, well, well, all this is all this is uh, uh, Russian imagination. <laughs> actually, actually, may I interrupt you? This is not the Russian imagination at work. This is the story. No, this is the story I've heard. Well, in 1975, on the, uh, in the province town on Cape Cod, from a journalist who was re uh, researching the life of that man Bell, mm -hmm. of that man Hart, yeah? Mm -hmm. And this is well, almost verbatim what she told me, yeah? No. So I'm selling to you, as I told you, for what I bought yeah. it. No, it was, it, was, it, was, it was much more complicated, of course. rather sinister, and, and, but the truth is that uh, uh, this American boy was killed, the secretary of Trotsky, and it's true that then Neruda gave the visa, who was the consul, to Sicarius to go to Chile. But that is not only the question. That they are, these are crimes of political men. But the crime of the poet was to write very bad poetry, uh, making uh, <coughs> saints of criminals. Same thing with, uh, with Pound and with so many other poets. That is, that is the, 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 the tragedy of our time. Uh, <coughs> the... Uh, that's why when uh, I hear talk about politics and and poetry, I become, become uh, very very suspicious because I know the past for the for the past this century is the history of so many mistakes of the poets, not only the poets, intellectuals, um, among the best, among the great, Bertolt Brecht, Neruda, Pound. Beloir and so many others. No? That has been terrible. And uh, the seduction of, again, the seduction of, of history, of metaphysics, of eternity. That's why I prefer Hume, criticism of eternity, criticism of time. Mm -hmm. Because under the mask of history is the old, the old, the old uh, absolute truth, or so called truth, who uh, have been killing men since the beginning of history. Mm -hmm. I think. If there is some question still. Not questions. They have questions. Well, yeah. Then? Yeah. Go ahead. There's somebody coming. I goofed, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Yes. Okay, th thank you very much. There's a, a reception afterwards. No, there's a question. Oh, there's a question? Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, I just want to say that, uh, that I'm a poet, and probably like many people in this room, and uh, listening to you, frankly, I'm a little worried <laughs> about myself because I don't really think, when I write, I don't really think of the metaphysical aspects or historically. Um, I do resurrect the present and try to. Um, I wanted to say, and also I'm not comfortable in front of audiences, so that's okay. Um, I wanted to say that um, in the poem that we heard, several of your images, your imagery was just beautiful. And several images really just took my breath away. Um, when you said the night touches my forehead, and her heartbeat sculptor uh, that just stopped me in my, in my tracks. My question is something, I believe it was in part 
two, it may have been three, and I'm taking it out of context, but you said uh, innocence was the greatest guilt. And also being Catholic and believing in God and going through 14 years of Catholic school, I am familiar with guilt, but that line, <laughs> that line just really confused me. I was wondering if you could explain that. Well, when I said innocence is not really innocence, innocence is, nobody is innocent. Trying to be innocent. Yeah. I would like to pick a bone with Mr. Brodsky. Uh, he said that one of the purposes of a poet is to present to a man life and himself as more complex than he really is. Than he thinks he is. That he thinks he is. Yeah. Uh, I feel that we're, li- we're living, at the present at least, a rather complicated life. Uh, if you were to accomplish your goal, or a poet in your opinion, yeah. wouldn't that even complicate one's life even more? <laughs> it might, it might, but the, the, it might, it might, but in my view, it will make it more interesting. <laughs> it will occupy your faculties. Yeah. The bone is yours. <laughs> well, would you, okay, would you like to read one more poem? Yeah. to Claudio Ptolomeo, the astronomer. Reading the Greek anthology, I found a poem uh, by Ptolomeo, the astronomer. It seems that he wrote some short poems, epigrams. And this poem is, is rather beautiful, the idea and the form, because he sees, he was a Neoplatonician, he saw a star, and he found in the light of the star a verification of his idea of the immortality of the soul. Of the soul. Well, my poem is about a slightly different experience. Hermandad, homenaje a Claudio Ptolomeo. Soy hombre, duro poco, y es enorme la noche. Pero miro hacia arriba, las estrellas escriben. Sin entender, comprendo. También soy escritura y en este mismo instante alguien me deletrea. Brotherhood, homage to Claudius Ptolemy. I am a man, little do I last, and the night is enormous. But I look up, the stars write. Unknowing, I understand. I too am written, and at this very moment, someone spells me out. Thank you. <laughs>